Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. I want to open up with Psalm 20, verse 4. May he give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. We will shout for joy when you are victorious and will lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all our requests. May the Lord grant all your requests. Now I know the Lord saves his anointed. He answers him from his holy heaven with the saving power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Lord, we just praise you and thank you that we will shout for joy when you're victorious. And we are victorious right now because we can worship and praise you. We can come to a Bible study and open up the word and you can speak to us. And Lord, we thank you for so many men being here at this Bible study tonight. We give you the praise and the glory as we ask that all of our men would become the head of our homes. Lord, we ask that they would be the husbands and the fathers that they need to be. Lord, they're standing in the gap for their wives to come to their senses, to forgive and to forget and to rebuild and reconcile and restore their homes. And Lord, we've got a lot of women here that are saying, I'm submitting, I'm surrendering. I want our homes to be restored. And we bind against the spirit of adultery. We bind against the spirit of whoredoms, the perverse spirit, the spirit of bondages that have so many spouses, deceived, blinded, and the lying spirits. There are so many things that are coming against so many husbands and wives, but we are standing in the gap and we are praying and believing for God to move mightily, for God to break down the walls of hostility, to break down the walls of unforgiveness. Lord, we ask that you would pour the love back into these spouses who are away, back into the prodigal children who have walked away from their families. Lord, we're asking for you to move mightily, mightily, Lord, and we'll just give you the praise and the glory of all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Stop looking at your circumstances. There's victory in Jesus. I'm just going to keep saying that over and over to get you guys to get it because I know there's a lot of people looking at your circumstances and you want to say, where's Jesus? Well, Jesus is in control. God's in control. And he's telling us to stop looking at your circumstances. But there's victory in Jesus. Were you a lost cause? I know I was a lost cause. And I know back when I was 16 years old and I was battling a lot of illnesses I felt like a lost cause, that I was the ugly duckling. Anybody that's heard my testimony on our CD has known that I was defeated. I guess you would say, I wish I was dead. I used to say that to my mom and dad, I wish I was dead. I know there's nobody ever going to love me. I know there's no happiness. I'm just miserable. I was the lonely person, very, very lonely, but the Lord. I lived in California and came to Florida to visit my grandparents, and they said, stay here as a sophomore and go to school here. I fell in love with Florida, fell in love with staying with my grandparents and living in Florida. It just seemed like everything was turning around. 
next door had two young guys that one in high school just happened to parents invite me to church at the Baptist church right just a block from our office right now and I accepted the Lord and got saved and the Lord changed my life my outlook and everything and I thought I'm not a lost cause anymore the Lord touched me and changed me I came back when I graduated and I met my husband and now look what's happened God can change your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 57 and 58 says, But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because that you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. My teaching tonight is stop looking at your circumstances. There's victory in Jesus. That is what I pray that you will keep remembering over and over and over again throughout tonight. Stop looking and thinking about your circumstances. God is in control and he knows your circumstances. God is in control and we have to trust we have to believe, and we have to walk in faith. Sometimes we allow the circumstances to overwhelm us, and we listen to all what they're saying, and we see what they're doing, and we hear by other people what they're saying and doing, and we go into a mode of panic, or we start giving up. We start doubting. We feel hopeless. I wanted to do something that would be powerful to all the people that receive this around the world and say, stop looking at your circumstances. Stop looking at the calendar. Stop listening to what everybody is saying or your spouse is saying or what they're doing. Tonight, I challenge you that you will know that through the Lord Jesus Christ, who has done so many things and has such power that we will believe that nothing, nothing is too hard with God. Well, you know I love acronyms. And if you want to write up and down VICTORY, V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. I want to tell you at the very beginning that V is for victory. And you can have a victorious relationship with your husband or with your wife and with your Lord. Right now, you may not have a spouse at home, but you can walk in victory with your Lord. You can walk in victory expecting your marriage to be restored. I is for intercession, and you must intercede and spend time with the Lord in praying, interceding, and fasting. And yes, I use that F word because there are some times where you come to the point that you feel that there is nothing moving on in the spiritual realm and you've hit a wall and you don't hear or see anything but bad and you're saying, okay, Lord, what am I supposed to do? And that is where we say, let us fast. Remember, James 5.15 says, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Now, C stands for Jesus Christ. 
Christ is your example. Jesus died on the cross for you. He shed his blood and he died for all sinners. He left the Holy Spirit, who is the greatest counselor of all. And he says he will empower you. He will be with you 24 hours a day. He will be with you. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. T. Can you guess what T stands for? Trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In Jeremiah 17, 7, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Do you trust in the Lord to turn your marriage as the Lord created it to be? Do you trust in the Lord that he is going to resurrect, restore, and rebuild your marriage? Are you going to trust in your Lord completely forever? Now, I know that F goofs you up with the forever, but what did you say on your wedding day? For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death us do part? What part do we have that we can say, whoops, my spouse has decided to live in sin. They've fallen into the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and lust of the world. Regardless of what they're doing, they've been deceived. They become blinded. That blindness has got them deaf to the Holy Spirit's voice. But God is greater, and he can touch and do anything to bring your spouse to their senses. Oh, what is it going to take? We must obey the Lord. We got to stop blaming all these things of what our spouses are doing. And we must follow and trust in the Lord. Teach me your path. I will follow you. I will obey you. In 1 John 5, 3, it says, This is love for God to obey his commands. When you start to study obedience, there's not a lot of leeway. God says, you must obey me if you are my child. And R stands for rebuild, restore, and reconcile your marriage on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. He is the one to rebuild. He's the one to restore and put love back into your marriage to be better than it ever was. He is the one to reconcile and resurrect your marriage, which may be in everybody's eyes as D for dead, hopeless. How long are you doing this? You're joking. Get on with your life. Get on with another marriage. There's somebody I know that is perfect for you. He's over there or she's over there. No, that's not true. You are one flesh. And guess what Y means? We need to yield. We need to surrender. We need to bow down to the Lord's will and way. He has a plan. He has a purpose for you, for your marriage, for your husband, for your wife, and for your children. Are you willing to pay the price, your part, in following the Lord's will and way and follow him? 
I'm going to do scriptures regarding all these different ones, but I wanted you to have victory today. I want you to be able to say, I am walking in victory with my Lord Jesus Christ. I hope that sort of tweaks you to thinking, whoa, she just stumped on all my toes and stepped on my hands while she was after it. In Psalm 108, verse 12 and 13, it says, Give us aid against the enemy, for the help of man is worthless. With God, we will gain the victory, and he will trample down our enemies. With God, we will gain the victory. Do you believe that? You must believe. You must sell out to the Lord and say, I follow you. I believe in your power. Maybe you're just starting standing and you're saying, I am going to stand. I've been up and down, wishy-washy. I'm a yo-yo going up and down saying, yes, I'm standing. No, I'm not. Give up. No, I don't. Yes, I'm going to give up. This, this is ridiculous. Look what they're doing. And you've got an EKG going up and down. Well, I challenge you that you start standing firm. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. And let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, because we cannot talk about the enemy and our spouses falling into a trap if we do not go to Ephesians 6. Because, see, everybody does not always get our CDs and our teachings, and so we must have certain scriptures and certain teachings on this. Ephesians 6, verse 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord. My question to you tonight, are you strong in the Lord? And in his mighty power, are you putting on the full armor of God every day on you, your wife, and your children, or your loved ones, your brothers, your sisters, your mom and dad? Are they putting on the full armor of God? And since you don't know, let's put it on them until they turn their hearts to the Lord. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand, there's that word again, against the devil's schemes, the devil's tricks, the devil's plans. We have got to know that we have authority, who we are in Christ. Verse 12, it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against your spouse. It's not against your children, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Verse 13 says, therefore, Put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm with the armor of God on you. Stop looking at your circumstances. Stop listening to what your spouse is saying or threatening or doing. There's victory in Jesus Christ. Do you believe you're going to have victory in your marriage being restored and resurrected from the hopelessness that appears to you today? Do you believe? You must never stop believing in the power and the awesomeness of our God. I can remember how impossible the circumstances seemed 
when Bob and I were divorced. Remember, I divorced Bob due to his unfaithfulness. And so I knew that I had made a terrible mistake. I listened and took surveys, and I gave up. But God, the Lord has spoken to my heart in church service. Two or three months later, how did the Lord tell you to start standing? How did the Lord speak to you? Did he speak to you on the internet? Did you write a question, how to get divorced? What did you do to have the Holy Spirit start speaking to you? Well, when he speaks to you, your life has started to change forever. Not on a detour road anymore. You've chosen to pick up your cross and follow your Lord Jesus Christ. And wow, what an awesome, awesome walk you're on. And I believe most of you in this room would say you're not, hopefully, the same person you were when you started having marriage problems. That the Lord touched you and changed you. And that's the neat part. There's already a plus plus because you're different already. I chose and I choose every day to believe in the power and the victory of my Lord Jesus Christ regardless of our circumstances when Bob was gone and even in the circumstances that our family is facing with our three children and with all the different things that go on, you know what? You're going to be a prayer warrior for the rest of your life. You're going to be praying for your children as they grow up and they're going to have circumstances come up and you're going to be praying for them. And you're going to be praying for your grandchildren. You're going to be able to share and talk to them. It's the most awesome responsibility. Bob and I have been back together, and you know I pray more now than I did 22 years ago when Bob was gone because there's so many other things to be praying for, plus you guys. I pray for you. I go on the Internet, and when they send in prayer requests in the morning, I just go over the names and pray for their salvation and to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and their marriage would be healed and restored suddenly and quickly. I keep lifting up these names because I think it's so important that we share and speak the names. I made some bad choices in my life. I know you have too. We need to believe in God's perfect will for our life and our marriage. I know when the Lord sent a special couple down to our church for two services and share their testimony, how she fasted and prayed over and over again for over five years. And her husband was an alcoholic. He was a womanizer. He was an abuser. And God touched him and changed him. I chose to labor and fight for my marriage. I went to that altar and repented. So what is victory? Victory is defined in Nelson's 3-in-1 Bible Reference Companion as winning the mastery in battle over odds or difficulties. Doesn't that describe your marriage over odds and difficulties? I think it does. I think it describes maybe what you're facing or challenging right now. May you never, never forget that God will gain the victory. It's not you. It's God that's going to do it. Let's turn to Psalm 44, verse 5. Psalm 44, verses 5 through 8. Through you, we push back our enemies. Through your name, we trample our foes. I do not trust in my bow. My sword does not bring me victory. But you give me victory. 
over our enemies, and you put our adversaries to shame. In God we make our boast all day long, and we will praise your name forever. Are you still doubting your Lord God for restoration and healing of your marriage? Stop. During our marriage problems, I believed that my God could only give me eternal life. I did not believe that he had the time or wanted to deal with my daily life issues. I did not believe that he loved me enough to answer all my prayer requests. Today, I choose to believe in my heart that I know that I know my Lord and Savior cares about my every need, my children's every need. He cares about my time pressures. He cares about our finances. He cares about our health. He cares about our children's problems. He cares about our jobs, our, our unemployment. He cares about you wanting to find a job. He cares about every area of your entire life. He cares about you being a good mom and dad. He cares about you wanting to be the husband or the wife that you need to be. He cares about everything. You need to come to a point that you will stop looking at your circumstances and you will choose to walk in victory with your Lord Jesus Christ. May I challenge you that you would do nothing for a month but read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and see all that Jesus challenged us taught us, and did through touching people that he went and ministered to. He cared that there were people that were blind or that were lame. He cared about feeding 5,000 and 3,000. He cared about the people who were sick or the children that were sick. He cares about the people. And he cares about you and your marriage. He cared about the woman that was the adulterous woman. Or he cares about the Samaritan woman that he said, I am the living water. He cares about your spouse, your husband or your wife. He cares about your teenagers who are living in rebellion. He cares. But are you willing to pick up the cross and follow him? Whose team are you on? The Lord's team or are you leaning toward the world's way? The world's way is going to get you burned and it's going to lead you on detour roads that you're going to suffer the consequences. Some of you have shared here the consequences of going on a detour road. And I'm telling you, stop looking at your circumstances. Just keep your eyes looking up. Let's turn to Isaiah 46. Isaiah 46, we're going to read verses 9 through 13. Isaiah 46 says, Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. My purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. From the east, I summoned a bird of prey. From a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that will I bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. Listen to me, you stubborn hearted, you who are far from righteous. 
I am bringing my righteousness near. It is not far away, and my salvation will not be delayed. I will grant salvation to Zion, my splendor to Israel. A powerful, powerful scripture passage. The Lord gave me that many, many years ago. He said to me, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. And I will summon a bird of prey. And that was my husband from a far off land. That was my husband, a man to fulfill my purpose. My husband is now fulfilling the scripture that God gave me in my stand. And he is fulfilling his purpose in his life. You know what? 22 years ago, would I believe my husband would write a book about husbands and wives who have fallen into sin? I had to believe what the Lord was giving me in scriptures, and it looked impossible. So I do your circumstances. But God, and I want you to never, never doubt, I can tell you with all what I've gone through, I could take you and it looks impossible, but God has us go through the circumstances so he can say, see, I did it for them. I'm going to do it for you. We need to get serious and you need to pray scriptures and believe in the promises of God. God sees the evilness of the wickedness of his people, but he sent his only son to come to earth to share the good news that God loves his children. Then Jesus Christ followed his father's will and instructions, and he defeated Satan by dying on the cross, and he arose. He defeated Satan. He defeated death. And we need to know that he is going to defeat the enemy with your spouse, whatever their problem is, be it drugs, be it alcohol, be it adultery, be it abuse, be it whatever is causing the problems of them not coming home. Jesus Christ can defeat the enemy. That is why you and I must never, never stop believing in Jesus Christ has paid the ultimate price, shed his blood. It is finished. Jesus Christ has paid it all. He said his in is finished, and it is finished. God wants your spouse to repent and to turn from their sinful lifestyle or turn their mind to following the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there are some of you, and we talk about it frequently in this Bible study, there are spouses that you may have been the prodigal. Bob has just given me a note, and so I've got to decide whether to read it or read my teaching. So I'm going to continue on for one second and finish what I'm saying. God wants your spouse to repent and turn from their sinful ways. But there are many of you in this room that was a prodigal first. And you have sinned and you fell into sin, but then the Lord touched you and changed you. And your spouses gave up on you and said, no more, I'm not going to do it. And they developed a hardened heart and they stopped forgiving and loving you unconditionally. And that's why we did the teaching on forgive them because we need to forgive them, but we need to pray for your spouse to forgive you. They will then say, come home. Come on home. It's time for your spouse to say, come home. Now, Bob is doing an acronym for the prodigal's victory. So this is not for you because most of you are not the prodigal. So V for a prodigal is vices. Your vices are never too much for Jesus to forgive if you will repent. 
I, you need to involve yourself in activities with your family. Yes! Hallelujah! They need to come home and have family functions. C, you need to claim that marriage that the enemy is attempting to steal from you. You need to claim that marriage. We are praying for that every day. T is think. Think about how life could be with your spouse again. That's what we got to pray for that spouse, to think, think, think about you and your family. O, open. Never, never forget that the door is always open back at home. How many of our standards around the world have said, my spouse can come home anytime? Are your homes open? Are you, yeah, your homes are open. Okay, could we have a little bit more excitement in this room tonight? I could appreciate that I'm not in the morgue and the people think I'm not talking to myself tonight. Okay, is your home open for your spouse? Okay, we got it. Good. Praise the Lord. R for remember. Remember the good things about your marriage. Amen to that. The Lord, may he remind everybody about the good things about all of us and our kids. And that all of a sudden, the Lord will erase all the memories that were bad that they had and forget it. And they will just come home. And why? Yes. Saying yes to what God wants you to do in your marriage is the way for you to find happiness in life. That is good, Bob. You will gain the victory of your marriage being restored with God. You know, one of the things that when I talk about the cross and all the things that Jesus has paid the ultimate price, I have got to give you John three sixteen and 17. Because so many of us don't know it, or we knew it as we were children, but we don't remember it for our spouses and for our children who have not come to know the Lord or who have walked away from the Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. So whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Do you believe? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? I'm asking you. And you know that you are walking and trying to do this stand, but you are on the fence and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You all can turn to it right now. And let me turn to it. Revelation 3.20. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you made that final commitment? If you haven't, oh, dear Stander, I pray that you will today, right now. Stop the CD or pull over on the road or tonight when you go home. May you get on your knees and say, Lord, I have made a mess of our marriage. And I need you to forgive me for my part of my marriage. But Lord, I want you to come into my life, into my marriage, 
into our home, into my employment, into every part and every area of my life. Oh, Lord, come and rescue me. Heal and resurrect and restore and rebuild our marriage. But, Lord, I need help. Guide and direct my steps. Lord, teach and show me your ways. And I will just praise you and thank you for that. And, Lord, I pray you will go and touch my spouse because they have not accepted you. But, Lord, I pray that our whole family will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ quickly and suddenly. And I thank you. I'm asking you to be my Savior tonight. I yield and surrender my life to you. And I want you to be my Lord and Savior forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That may be the most important prayer you have ever prayed for your entire life. Are you allowing your Lord to be your protector and your refuge in time of troubles? You may have many trials and tribulations, but you know what? The Lord is wanting to be your refuge and your protector and your deliverer and your healer and your Jehovah Jireh and your Jehovah Rophi. He wants to be your peace. He wants to be your answer for all your problems. Let's go to Romans 8.28. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Then jump down to Romans 8, verses 37 to 39. Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There it is again. There's victory in Jesus Christ. Your Lord has a plan and a purpose for you and for your beloved husband or wife. Jesus Christ left the Holy Spirit, enabling us to walk in unconditional love and in victory every day. Remember God's plan for you. Now let me take you to Jeremiah 29, 11, which is one of my favorite scriptures. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Do you have a hope and a future? Have you given up your hope? For marriage restoration. God says, I know the plans I have for you. Not to have you be miserable because you've got your marriage falling apart. He wants to give you a hope and a future. Verse 12, then you will call upon me. There's step number one, you must call upon him. Step number two, come. Remember Jesus Christ said, I'm coming, knocking at the door. You need to open the door. The handle is on the inside of your heart. You must open the door and let Jesus Christ come into your life. Pray that the Lord will knock and your husband or wife will open that door and let them in. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me with all your heart. Yes, he wants all of you. Not part of you. Not 50% of you. He wants your whole heart. He wants your whole dedication, your whole commitment. He wants you to go worship him weekly. He doesn't want you not going to church. He wants you to go to Bible studies. Praise the Lord you're here. Praise the Lord for all the men we have here. We need to get serious about standing. We need to pray together and encourage each other. 
Are you standing strong with your Lord, fighting against the enemy's attacks against your home and your loved ones? Are you telling the enemy you will never, never give up on your spouse and other loved ones? In Second Chronicles 20, verse 17, it says, You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Don't give up. Don't look at your circumstances. There is victory in Jesus Christ. Don't give up, but stand firm in the Lord for the promises of God. Now, Psalm 119. That's in the middle of the Bible, in the longest psalm there is. Psalm 119, verses 147 to 149. I want you to understand that you must stand on the promises of God. There's thousands and thousands of promises in God. You need to know them. You need to stand on them. In Psalm 119, verse 147, it says, I rise before dawn and cry for help. I have put my hope in your word. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. I hear my voice, Lord, in accordance with your love. Preserve my life, O Lord, according to your laws. We Christians must live differently from the world. We know of a risen Savior, Jesus Christ, who has paid the price for our freedom. Our Lord is wanting us to stand up for the sanctity of marriage and the righteousness and the holiness of God. Now let's all turn to Mark 10. Mark 10. And you can go to Matthew 19 also. I'm going to read Mark 10 tonight. It's just confirming over and over that we're one flesh. Mark 10, starting with verse 6. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. When they were in the house again, the disciples asked Jesus about this. He answered, anyone who divorces his wife and marries another one commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. Do you know that the Lord told me when I started to stand and I was praying and I had divorced my husband? He took me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and I didn't even know this was in the Bible when I was standing. When I divorced Bob, I didn't even realize it was there. It would have been simple if I'd had the scripture. I would have known what I needed to do. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. To the married I give this command, not I but the Lord. A wife must not separate from her husband. But if she does, she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. You know what? I knew I was going to sit in that rocking chair till I was 80 on our front porch waiting for Bob to come home because I could not remarry. Whoa, you're really stomping on my toes. What do you mean? It says here, a wife must not separate from her husband, but she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. So when the Lord started speaking to me about restoration and that Bob was coming home, I was going, praise the Lord, because I wanted him to come home and I want a husband. And my husband is my one flesh. And it says a husband must not divorce his wife. Look at what my wife's doing. A husband must not divorce his wife. Yes, we can get an exception clause to this, but I want to follow the Lord and follow his will in his way, and I want to do it his best way. 
I don't want second or third best with my Lord. I want to follow him. And I challenge you to read the Bible and learn the promises of God. Satan is trying to come against you every day to defeat you, to discourage you, to give you hopelessness, and to give you circumstances. I am saying you need to stop looking at the circumstances and stand up and speak the word of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14, be on your guard. Be on your guard. Watch out. The enemy is coming against you to tempt you. Stand firm in the faith. Be men of courage. Be strong and do everything in love. Well, are you treating your wife or husband that's not home lovely? Speaking to them by text message or email or when you have to talk to them? Are you loving them unconditionally, speaking nicely? These scriptures are very strong and they're very powerful. But are you doing everything in love? Do you feel like you're alone? You're not alone. Are your circumstances overwhelming you? Your spouse is speaking divorce. They're speaking about another marriage. Or there's maybe a baby that has been born out of adultery. Cry out to your Lord. Because he's going to say, I will deliver. I will be your refuge. I will be your fortress. I will defeat the enemy. I will defeat Satan one more time. One of the scriptures that I claimed over and over again that you can turn to is 1 John 4, 4. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You need to know that scripture. I claimed that and said that when I had the devil turning up fire. I would say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I'd say these things and just scream at the devil in the car when I was driving home. May you and I never, never forget in Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Your spouse and your marriage is lost. Your spouse is blinded. But the Lord has come to seek and to save who is lost. You think, well, my spouse doesn't care about the Lord right now. Well, he has a million ways to get you and your spouse and your children's attention. So you got to believe. you got to wait. you got to just hold on. You've got to remember that the devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy. But the Lord has come to give you and your spouse and your children life abundantly, to be full. And you've got to strive and fight for that. In John 8, verses 43 to 44, it says, Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out the father's desires. And he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language for he's a liar and a father of all lies that is who the devil is the devil wants to tell you your spouse can never break the addiction of adultery he can never break the addiction of drugs or alcohol they can never break the addiction of pornography that's a lie from the devil and you've got to say i believe god is able to do anything nothing nothing is impossible 
Luke 1, 37 says, For nothing is impossible with God. But Luke 1, 45 says, Blessed is she or he who has believed that what the Lord has said to you will be accomplished. It will come to pass. I have a plan. I have a purpose. It will stand. Just remember whose team you're on. You're on the Lord's team. So don't give up because of your circumstances. Stand firm. Stand in the gap. Believe, have faith, have trust, and spend more time with your Lord and in the Bible. One of the scriptures God gave me was Mark eleven twenty-two to 24. And it says, have faith in God. Do you have faith in God? Or are you walking in your circumstances and not believing what your Lord is telling you? Well, the Lord is saying, have faith in me. Have faith in me. Let me go to Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Will you have faith in God? Verse 23 says, I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain of... Mine was mountain of divorce. What is your mountain of addiction? Mountain of drugs, alcohol, abuse, rebellion? What is your mountain? Is it a mountain of physical health problems? It says, I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, it does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. Walk in faith. Say to that mountain, be gone in the name of Jesus. We need to walk in faith. We need to speak faith. We need to live faith. Oh boy, Charlene, you know what? Everybody's going to think I'm crazy. Great, you're for the Lord instead of for the devil. And the devil is taking all these people and saying sexual immorality, it's okay. It's okay to lie. It's okay to cheat on your tax returns. It's okay to be in public office and have sexual immorality. But you know what? Sooner or later they get caught. There are consequences and you have to pay the price. Are we willing to stay on the Lord's side and say, I choose to follow my Lord and I choose to stand? You need to know the word of God well enough that you do not see the enormous obstacles or the mountain blocking your marriage of getting the victory. You must believe in restoration. You must believe and have faith in your Lord Jesus Christ that he has a plan for your victory in your marriage. You must believe. This is what happened to Joshua. He had crossed the Jordan River and he thought all their trials and tribulations were over. But for Joshua and the Israelites, the possession of the promised land was expected and maintained by faith in his obedience and to his word and warfare against God's enemies. Joshua had a choice to make and we have a choice to make. Believe in our mighty God or believe they were never going to get to the promised land. Never forget how the Jericho Wall was collapsed by the obedience of the Israelites going around and around and around obeying God when it seemed impossible. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. 
Are you facing a huge obstacle, a huge mountain of circumstances tonight? Surrender to your Lord, including your future, and move out of the way so your Lord can take over your life. Remember why yield and surrender. I'm challenging you tonight to take all what I said with that victory. V for victory. There is victory. I, you must intercede. Remember Jesus Christ is the answer and has the answers for everything. We need to trust in the Lord. We need to take obedience. We need to rebuild, restore, and reconcile your marriage on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And you need to surrender and yield everything to the Lord. The Lord wants us to tell others that God can heal and resurrect marriages. He wants you to believe for that for the rest of your life and never doubt. Teach it and believe it to all the people that are around you, including your children. Let me close with Psalm 60, verses 11 and 12. Give us aid against the enemy, for the help of man is worthless. No other man can help you like God. With God, we will gain the victory, and he will trample down our enemies. Oh, Lord, we do not want to keep looking at our circumstances. We want to praise you. We want to worship you. We want to trust you. We want to obey you. We want to believe that you are in control of all our circumstances. Oh, Lord, touch these people in this room and resurrect, rebuild, and restore their marriage on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Lord, I bind the enemy that's coming against them with all the devil's lies, and may you touch and give them hope from on high. May you give to them unconditional love and just pour it into their hearts, and may you be the provider, the protector, and the healer and the deliverer for all of their circumstances that they're facing. If they need to be healed, they're going to be healed. If they need to provide for their bills and to provide for their rent and electricity, you are going to provide. Lord, if you are going to be the deliverer, that you are going to be their refuge and fortress and strongholds in times of need, but you are going to go and touch and deliver their spouses from the bondages of sin and Satan's traps and schemes and lies that they're telling their spouse. Lord, we need to believe, trust, and obey you, and you are going to have us have victory in Jesus Christ by healing and resurrecting our marriage, by taking that heart and heart and turn it to a heart of flesh. You're going to take all the circumstances that your spouse is speaking and lying and threatening you, and you're going to turn it all around to good if we will just trust and believe and yield, surrender our lives to the Lord and say no, no to the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, no to the lust of the world. We're going to say, I will not fall into the trap of Satan's hands, and I'm going to stand forever for my husband, my wife, and my children, and we will praise you and thank you. And we're going to shout from the rooftops of what the Lord has done in our life. Thank you, God, for your strength and your mercy and your grace. Thank you for your salvation, that you're going to have our entire family with us in heaven. And we love you, we worship you, and adore you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.